Welcome to Mind the Resilience. I am Ramki your host. In this episode, we are joined by Milena Maneva, a resilience and business continuity expert. She is a key member of the Resilience Think Tank and was part of BCI Women in Resilience Committee in the past. We'll discuss resilience critical role in today's rapidly changing world, the components of a robust business continuity strategy, diversity's impact on resilience, and the career transition that Milena took from public relations to resilience. And be sure to catch our resilience quick fire round where Milena provides insightful responses to the questions at hand. Hello and welcome to Mind the Resilience podcast. Thanks for joining the episode. We have Milena today. Milena, how are you doing today? Hi, Ramki. So happy to be here. Thank you so much, Milena, for accepting my invite and being part of my show. So um, I think you are one of the popular figures in the resiliency industry. I can see a lot of information being shared on the resilience think tank, uh, which I believe you are part of. So it's going to be a great conversation, uh, Milena. So before we start, uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Um, how did you end up in being in the resiliency industry and what is your background? And if you can also share some anything interesting about you apart from your uh, professional work. Absolutely. Um, it's, my, it's my pleasure to be here today and to talk to you about my journey and obviously the topic of resilience. Um, mm-hmm. So I wear multiple hats these days. Um, I'm a co-founder and managing partner at the Resilience Think Tank, and I'm also the head of business continuity and resilience for the EMEA region for BGC Group and Counterfish Gerald. I'm based in London, UK. Um, and earlier this year, I was also elected on the BCI board um which was a really exciting time well and done. i also yeah. a number of uh women committees to support mm-hmm. and uh, help them in the profession um so how i ended up in resilience um that's a very interesting question i never heard of business continuity in the past mm-hmm. so it really interesting experience when I um, when I lived in Cyprus I worked for a financial services company and we had a huge blast on the island uh, which knocked mm-hmm. off you know, most of the power uh, for the island so I really learned about business continuity and crisis management uh, hearing you know of, of what happened you know on the island and that prompted me to kind of uh, engage my studies in risk management and uh, move to, to London to kind of pursue this as a career so unlike most of my peers I didn't uh, this didn't land on my desk you know this was something okay. that I chose as a career and um, I obviously Mm. specialized uh, in uh, business continuity and resilience. So I'm really excited that I chose this as my path. Um, It Mm. was quite intentional. Um, And um, for, for most of you that don't know me, I grew up in very close proximity to a nuclear power plant. So as a child, you know, I learned the um, experiences of, you know, practicing drills and, uh, you know, what could happen if, uh, you know, something happened to the nuclear power plant. So, yeah, um, this Mm. is my background. Very nice. Um, I mean, it's the same, uh, Milena, right? Nobody gets into our profession, especially the business continuity or resilience, you know, looking into that as a career choice. I mean, we all fall into that. Um, you know, by a chance or maybe in an organization where there is nobody to take up a role of a business continuity manager or a resilience, you know, uh, consultant. We we go in and then we uh, 
uh, work on it and we find it fascinating and then we stick on to our entire life so that is a same story i get to hear from all my guests in my show i mean i have been doing this for quite some time now so all my guests are something like that nobody has done a degree or something like that and then fall into the business continuity so it's a same story right um i also wanted to ask you anything interesting about you uh, any 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 hobbies um what what else you do outside of the work my favorite thing is really scuba diving i love exploring the depths of the ocean i love swimming with creatures you know it feels like every time i dive you know deeper i feel like mm. everything stays above water and when you <laughs> enter that depth you just you, you're just you and you mm. know the creatures of the underworld so yeah i'm an avid scuba diver very nice very nice i think i think that will warrant a separate podcast isn't it like to <laughs> more about scuba diving and you know uh, the passion for being outdoors right okay so thank you again uh, for for joining my podcast um, lena so i'm going to kick start my conversations with you on the resilience think tank can you tell us uh, or tell to my audience more about the resilience think tank and its mission what is the history uh, of of this uh, resilience think tank and what is the purpose and how did it come into the existence and i think you are one of the co-founders or or you are very early into that organization so what motivated you to be part of that organizations and you know what are the initiatives that you and your team take in resilience think tank Yeah definitely um we founded the resilience think tank in during the covid-19 pandemic um as a response to the growing need for greater resilience and preparedness in the face of future crises um it was formed by Mark Hoffman who collected you know uh, a range of uh, professionals in the field of business continuity and resilience and we were brought together to discuss um you know how professionals can articulate value um to their employers and to their organizations and it was such an interesting project that we clicked and we realized there is a strong need for us to form a resilience think tank so um here we are you know uh, two years later we now launch mm. membership and we are dedicated to providing independent guidance and research to the risk and resilience industry um mm. you know our founders are James Green Mark Hoffman Lisa Jones and myself um we mm. had two more co-founders joined us in the beginning but have since decided to pursue other things in their career um mm. those were uh Andreas Bryant and Ashley Guzman so we are really grateful that we were able to begin uh you know a think tank and we are super excited because our mission is um to really be an ally to um you know our mm. risk and resilience peers um mm. you know we love to promote diversity within our profession we love to champion teams of one um and we obviously want to focus on what's relevant um in risk and resilience um and of mm. course to become independent um you know from any vendor and uh you know products out there that could obviously influence our decisions and our advice so we are super excited that we were able to form this group um and to be obviously a leading voice and support for our community right so if i understand correctly milena like um resilience think tank is a community based organization i mean are you providing any services uh, to the end customers when you say um 
you know you you there's a membership out of it what exactly it means like how how can a client or how can an individual uh, get the services or an exp- what can he or she can expect out of resilience think tank can you just give some idea behind it Yes, of course. So um, we have created membership for uh, the benefits of our community to create that collaboration that's missing. Uh, We want to shape the future of resilience and we understand that everyone is in different stages of their careers. So we're offering, you know, um, four types of membership that people can obviously Mm -hmm. subscribe to. The first one is uh, a student or recent graduate um, that is interested in the profession or wants to learn more about the field and need some support, uh, then they can join us as a student or graduate. Then we have a a tier for an advocate, which perhaps uh, people are really passionate about a certain topic in resilience. It could be uh, related to cyber, it could be related to supply chain, and they want to voice their concerns and they want to collaborate with others. So we provide a platform for them to connect to one another and discuss, you know, key topics or even write blogs and etc. And then we Mm. have uh, a thought So this would be obviously the seasoned professionals who have been in the industry for a long time and who can actually support, um, you know, uh, those that are coming in or those that want to collaborate. So it's really a collaboration platform. And the fourth Mm. tier is uh, we are offering, you know, um, a founding member opportunity who can come and shape, you know, the strategy and future of the Resilience Think Tank. At the moment, that's done by invitation, but we are really excited that we're able to offer that and we know that this right. was asked for like members wanted to to collaborate and we, we are offering really a collaboration platform where people can Understood. learn from one another collaborate um, mm. start you know a, a crowdsource where they can share ideas share issues and challenges and, and obviously opportunities um, and we can shape you know collectively that um, what the future of resilience looks like very nice very nice good thoughts and uh, good initiatives here uh, milena okay um i want to move uh, the focus now um I'm, i'm going to ask you some like very relevant questions that we have in the current environment what does resilience mean to you right and why is it crucial in today's uh, rapidly changing environment how do you personally define resilience milena because we as a resilience professional we do have a lot of thinking on what exactly it means and it changes from person to person according to you what are else what what is that the principle of resilience is and what attributes you associate with resilience oh this is a very good question i mean it's it's very difficult to describe resilience because resilience would mean so many different things to different people um it could be you know a personal resilience it could be an organizational resilience you know it could be something related to Correct. you know the operation resilience uh, you know policies that were released but for me it's uh, you know i'm i'm very passionate about um resilience for me i see it as um as as a future you have to create resilience you know from from the ground up um you have to create it by design um mm. i'm 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 certainly you know so what excites me about resilience is making a difference it's uh you know influencing behaviors influencing mindsets changing mindsets as well in cultures to overcome challenges and to build a better and more resilient mm. kind of world so uh, 
all these things are really a motivation for me and resilience is a journey not a destination so this Correct. is how I always kind of define it and and if you want the more kind of uh, you know textbook definition it's really to yeah. adapt and respond you know to a- any issues that arise and um, it's really that mm. ability to um, respond and recover in the best way uh, possible right um in one of my uh, podcast milena one of the guest told me uh, resilience according to that person is falling forward not falling back you see um that actually sticks to my mind you know uh, you always fall forward rather than look back what exactly has happened right so like i said like you said it's totally different for each individual person that what he or she thinks resilience and that's the crux of you know uh, the the in the whole idea behind being resilient right the global landscape has changed a lot it necessitates a greater focus on on resilience in various sectors and having different perspectives you know at different levels from a different individuals you know makes it the organizations or even a personal behavior resilience you know in a in a very good way so uh, it's differs but at the end of the day it's all about ensuring that we come out of the crisis and then we again fall forward and then move ahead with our life or with the organizations whatever we are trying to work with so that is my small piece of you know resilience uh, uh, definition i would say you know uh, just add on whatever you have said Yeah it's it's a really interesting approach um the only thing that i would add here is that you always need to uh take you know those lessons learned um and yeah. you, you shouldn't really look backwards because i know many organizations will have all of this you know different committee meetings and risk Correct. meetings etc and they would discuss things that have happened you know five years ago and they would still track you know open actions and you would sit there and <laughs> yes. think oh my god the world moved on like come Come on what's happening why are you still five years yeah. Yeah. behind yeah exactly exactly great points uh, milena okay um i also wanted to discuss with you um with your expertise in business continuity and management strategies what are all the key components of a robust business continuity management strategy could you provide some insights um into the challenges that the organizations face when implementing business continuity and can you outline what are all the essential components uh, per se in a bcm strategy effectively and any obstacles common obstacles you see in your organizations that you encounter um, in implementing these plans I'd like to give the thoughts out to my audience Absolutely. Um I mean it's it's you know business continuity has been around for the past 30 if not more than 40 Correct. years and you know it, it is referred with different terms you know some people refer to it as ITDR which is disaster recovery uh some yeah. some people just refer to it as risk management uh mm-hmm. but for me business continuity you know the crucial component is to have an executive buy-in that's the first step you need nice. to actually be able to create you know uh, a very robust 
program. Um, now, business continuity is, 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 is a whole life cycle. Like, it's not something that you can create and measure, you know, straight away. It will take some time until you gain that maturity. So, effective mm-hmm. component is get that executive buy-in, you know, have a program and policy in place because that will help yeah. you, you know, that will help you to push your uh, agenda forward. And then... Mm-hmm. Divide, you know, and conquer those responsibilities that you need that support from the business, you know, make sure you build relationships to be able Mm. to create those, you know, business continuity or resilience champions, depending on what your program is called, um, and gain support, like create a mini committee that you could perhaps Mm. have quarterly meetings that you can discuss, you know, all the great things you have created or achieved, but you you definitely need that support. And I know a lot of uh, my peers um, have struggled or still struggling, you know, to to get that mm. executive buy-in. Um, luckily, you know, during the COVID pandemic, um, um, you know, our teams and and you know were were kind of um, on the on the front line, you mm. know, responding to to the whole pandemic, and and they were contacted by senior executives, and I and I assume that the relationship mm. that they have built has become stronger. Uh, but what I've seen is that you know from from different from, from from my network is that some business continuity professionals were not even contacted. So a lot of mm, the information yeah. that they have gathered, you know, through the, throughout their program um, has just stayed, you know, in, in the background and no one has really referenced, you know, all the good work that they have already achieved. Mm. And, uh, you know, it could have saved them, you know, a lot of time to, instead of actually starting something from scratch. But um, yeah. I believe that you need, uh, you need that support. You need someone to champion uh, your program for yeah. you um, and you need to build relationships and you need to continue to train um, and, and, and to create that awareness. You need to train your peers, you need to train executive managers and you need to train your champions so they can obviously support you regardless of the issue. Um, mm-hmm. so th- these are really my key components, you know, before you go and create yeah. your plans, before you go and, and schedule, you know, uh, meetings with people, you Correct. need to have a robust, um, a, you know, plan in place of Correct. how you're going to achieve everything you want to achieve. So to summarize, uh, Milena, to our audience, first is to get the executive buy-in, right? Um, to to what exactly you're trying to do and how are you going to build the uh, business continuity program uh, for your own organization. So that is the, that is the major task and that is the first point. Then you go ahead and then you define the policies and procedures, basically, right? This is a component of an ISO 22301, right? Like, uh, so basically you go get the buy-in and then you start getting uh, uh, the people or basically, you know, uh, trying to identify who are all the stakeholders in your um, organizations who is going to be helping you out and setting up the policy and the framework, basically, right? Uh, so that is the point number two. And from there on, you build the business continuity plan by conducting a BA, BIA or a risk assessment and then from there on you take up uh, and then do the testing, regular testing and then you build or you improve, you improve or improvise your business continuity plans. Is that the right statement? Is that the way that you work for your own uh, business continuity program in your organization? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, most of the organizations I've worked for, um, I've established, you know, some of their business continuity and um, resilience programs from scratch, um, yeah. including, you know, training and creating their crisis management teams. Um, however, I've also worked for, for companies that have already had a mature business Correct. continuity program in place. But of course, with time, things change. So it needs a fresh perspective. It needs a mm. fresh uh, kind of program and it needs perhaps a shake you know in, in, in into your um, you know who is involved in your program like do you have mm. the right people maybe you have two senior um, executives you know um, involved in your program maybe you need to mm. involve some of the business managers you know you, you can decide that by obviously testing and creating that awareness and exercising your program I think one of the th things I, I didn't mention was to to continue to validate your assumptions and to Correct. Uh, test your program. I think that's very important because by exercising, you will be able to open, um, you know, more <laughs> kind of words, yes, as I like exactly. to call it. But it also helps you to obviously focus Correct. your attention of where you need to focus because you yeah. can't obviously because of cost implications and mm -hmm. because of uh, you know how the organizations likes to, to uh, spend their uh, money mm -hmm. um, it's important to ensure that you focus on the right things what is actually critical to your uh, business what is important to your business how can you justify you know the cost that you're spending to ensure that you're prepared mm -hmm. um And, and we can see that with regulation, you know, with uh, the operational resilience uh, uh, policy released from the Bank of England, FCA and PRA, mm -hmm. they, they are telling us, you know, focus on your important business services, not on absolutely everything, because it's just going to be absolutely Correct. impossible and it's going to be super expensive to ensure that you're resilient in everything. Mm. Um, what's your take on, uh, first, before that even, Uh, do you follow a standard like an ISO 22301 in your business continuity implementation or the standards are not are only a guideline and then you take it up depending upon the requirements for an organization? So how, what is your take and how do you go about with that, Milena? Yeah, so uh, we follow like best practices and uh, requirements, mm. you know, from from the majority of, um, you know, the, the good practice guidelines from the Business Correct. Institute, the ISO 22301. We have a range of uh, regulatory requirements, you know, from FINRA mm. and from, uh, you know, the FCA. So we have a number of requirements and good practices that we follow. Mm. We are not certified in, in my current organization, but okay. we do follow the best practices. But I've worked with organizations that are certified by the BSI uh, standard for for a business Correct. community and um, it was a really exciting time because you could use that as as a leeway you know with most of your mm. uh, peers you know and, and in your organization you can push that and say well in order to stay certified and you know continue to support our investors we must ensure that we align with Correct. the requirements of this um, standard yeah. so please help us and yeah. you see that people are actually more supportive because you have something to present now I'm Correct. not saying that organizations that are not certified with the ISO don't have the same um you know uh response, maturity. But, yeah. but it definitely helps it definitely helps for sure correct 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 I completely agree with you i mean um again it ties back to getting the management buy-in right like when there is a 
requirement like when we talk about the investors right i mean when we talk about being iso certified organizations it puts in lot of focus on being that iso standard what is that that i have to keep doing to ensure that my standards are up to up to the mark that the iso is looking forward to so i mean that's an again a requirement where you can get funding for our uh, business continuity program that can be acting as an value add so a lot of good things that can happen if you if the organization is certified but that doesn't mean that the organization has to be certified still they can be a mature organization and still they can work on the business continuity right thank you absolutely yeah okay um another interesting observation uh, from your profile melena is that you have been a member of bci women in resilience committee and uh, i want you to talk about diversity and inclusion and its impact on resilience efforts first and foremost what was your role and uh, can you share your experience of being part of these organizations and how does diversity and inclusion plays an impact in an important role in resilience because according to me there is a lot of that there is less diversity in our in our in our industry uh, you know we do we do have we don't have many diverse people in in resilient organizations what according to you can change this and can you share your experience absolutely um i joined um the women in resilience um committee in early 2021 um okay. it was an exciting time to join because i was able to establish their event site of things so okay. our aim was to um obviously support you know the women in our sphere to to promote their voices and um i've been following the committee for you know a number of years before that so i was really excited mm-hmm. that uh, such such a committee took Uh, w- was created because back in 2018 2019 i really thought there were very few females in the industry because Correct. everywhere i went all the industry yeah. events there were uh, you know the majority were just uh, you know men and i was thinking am i in the right profession because i don't see many uh, <laughs> that look like me so um it was yeah. an interesting opportunity to attend one of the events for the women in resilience group and uh i saw so many females and i said where have you been hiding like i didn't <laughs> know you you were actually there so it was such an such an exciting opportunity to meet others i've established such an amazing friendships mm. and and uh, we've collaborated mm. with so many of these amazing women but it's it's mm. not really about you know being feminist and about just just having women in in the workplace or in the industry mm-hmm. it's really about promoting that diversity because diversity and inclusion play a crucial role in shaping mm-hmm. and enhancing the resilience effort with any organization or community yeah. um mm-hmm. like um what what the women in resilience do is really spotlight how uh yeah. we think and what we do in 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 our industry because y- you wouldn't see that many women women promote themselves so we try and support and spotlight different women so when i was uh, part of the committee uh, i i actually stepped down earlier this year because of my involvement with the global board but um mm-hmm. i'm still kind of um, very um active in terms of uh, supporting them with their initiative but what mm. their key role is you know is to really bring that um different perspective is that diverse perspective mm. of of mm. the the 
the group of individuals that are working in, in the field and to share their experience, to sh uh, showcase, you know, different people from, from different backgrounds. Um, I believe the, the BCI Women in Resilience are the only diverse group uh, within the BCI and Correct. they're a global kind of chapter. So we have representatives from, from almost everywhere. Um, and this actually helped us to look at things from a different angle and from a different cultural kind of uh, lens as well. Like we were able to see what's actually important to the women in India, what's important to the women in the Middle East, what's important to the women in Africa and what's important to the women, let's say, in North America and Europe. So mm -hmm. this really supported our mission to, um, you know, organize events, create spotlights, you know, create different articles and range of interviews because it's very important to promote that diversity and inclusion. And I know a lot of organizations are struggling um, with that. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. uh, we still see a huge um, disbalance, you know, with... Uh, with what we do and, um, you know, pe people people and organizations need to develop those diverse perspectives. And by doing so, they need to broaden their horizon. They need to have more people of diverse backgrounds. Someone that yeah. doesn't look like you, someone that doesn't come from the same school or uh, background or even country as you. Um, and Correct. I think with the Women in Resilience, we have certainly succeeded in um, a lot of that. In fact, yeah, I, I don't know if I should say, but we, we do ho have a wonderful session that's taking place in BCI World in November, uh, mm -hmm. where we focus on the future of leadership in the resilience space. So yeah. um, if you are attending virtually or if you're coming in person, it's a great opportunity to join that session. Very nice. Very nice. Great, great thoughts. Thank you so much for providing that information, uh, Milena. Okay. Um, another interesting aspect um, about your profile is your MSc in risk management, uh, Milena. How does it tie into the overall resilience efforts? I believe you specialized in cybersecurity as well, right? So what are all some of the common cybersecurity threats that organizations should be resilient against? And uh, how was your education in MSc in risk management help you in, you know, uh, in get involved in the cyber resilient world? Well, that's a fantastic question. And it's one that really hits home for me, given my background, <laughs> uh, you know, in risk and with the focus on cybersecurity. I'm, I was really passionate about cybersecurity when I did my master's and uh, obviously discovered the world business continuity and crisis management within that. But um, when we talk about cybersecurity in the context of um, you know, our resilience effort, um, it, it's really, really essential. It's, it's, it's one of those critical roles that protect our digital assets and, and how um, obviously the whole data plays in ensuring um, our ability to, you know, withstand from any of the disruptions and, you know, even attacks. And, and, and unfortunately, it's, it's not unfortunately, it's actually a fantastic thing that technology evolves. But mm -hmm. um, with technology evolving, you know, all the trade that uh, cyber attackers have are also evolving. So by the time we learn from the last cyber attack, you know, we yeah. uh, we are already kind of surprised with the next one. So we really need uh, people to be aware of, um, you know, the, the, the cyber risks. We need to ensure that we build that security. We need to build 
we need to ensure that we build that resilience within um, our cyber teams and we need to be more collaborative. So any business continuity professional, I really urge you, and, and, and if also you're in the resilience sphere, I really urge you to uh, collaborate more with your cyber folks because they would uh, need your support, you know, uh, to create their mm. plans to ensure that they are able to respond to um, to attacks. There's so many, um, you know, things that we need to consider in, in the digital era today that, um, you know, by the time we learn them, we, we need to move on and Good. learn something new. So there is a huge gap in our industry and we mm. need to ensure that we protect um, protect our knowledge. We need to share that knowledge. Mm. We need to ensure that... Um, you know, cybersecurity professionals are trained. They need to mm-hmm. ensure how, how uh, they need to learn how to initiate incidents, um, and you can share that knowledge. So I love collaborating with my um, cybersecurity, you know, um, folks at work because we design, yeah. you know, um, active exercises, and we talk about the importance of, you know, all the recent events. And it's not really about whether you're going to withstand, you know, hacking or whether you're yeah. going to uh, be skipped. You will be probably hacked, or if you're not hacked, or if you've never been hacked, you probably weren't aware of that. So it's really how you deal with that. So, you know, cybersecurity is is, um, is so important, but yeah. it, it's not the only pillar of, of resilience. It's it's one of those things that will help you to be resilient. So it's definitely Correct. important to stay informed, um, stay ahead, prepare, train as much as you can, and mm-hmm. um, invest in, in in your team, in, in that learning, in that preparation, because you will definitely Correct. need it. Right. Very well put across, uh, Milena. Um, we can all tie in all these different um, activities that one does in an organization, right? So there is a business continuity team which focus on, uh, you know, uh, getting the organizations back from a crisis. There is a IT disaster recovery that you told. It, it is also called as, you know, business continuity sometimes called as an IT disaster recovery. And nowadays I see organizations having a separate cyber resilience team or, you know, cyber threat um, SOC team, basically, right? Wherein they'd go ahead and then they um, find out what are the different, uh, you know, perpetrators that we have. Uh, against which we can actually save ourselves and know the the organizations can protect themselves against a cyber attack right so there's a different team and there's a, there's also a risk management team as well who uh, work on multiple risks that an organizations can take and then they have their matrix whatever you know the risks appetite that that the organizations have what i'm thinking is that tying back and then ensuring that the information is shared between these different departments with cyber security as one of the main pillars right will make a robust um, cyber um, plan that one can come up with which can be tested very frequently and then you know can be utilized in case of an maybe a cyber issue or cyber threat and one of the pieces is, is that that most of the organizations and i have been part of is doing a tabletop exercises for cyber security threats Right. So that is one of the things that we can we can think about in in coming up with and then doing those activities and tying these different departments into one single piece and sharing the information, not working on silos is very critical to have a good focus on the cybersecurity. I hope 
uh, you agree to it any other points that you wanted to add yeah i think um it's very important like we should definitely put people first um, especially with um, exercises that we take the training that we do because if our people are more aware if they're more resilient you know we could be aware of the next attack that you know um, those attackers are trying to impose on us and and it's it's it's, it's all about that continuous learning cycle you know mm. Mm. Every time you get an exercise, try to involve the right people, try to raise awareness, try to practice, you know, those pain points. Uh, and I know sometimes it's not easy because you don't want to, you know, Correct. put anyone under the bus. Like you don't want to, yeah. um, you don't want to make someone look bad just because they don't have everything ready. But it's all about that investment as well. Like sometimes it's very difficult mm-hmm. to get an investment. And, uh, you know, some, somehow, you know, if you, if you talk about cyber, you always get through the door, you know. <laughs> yes, you're right. But when you talk about <laughs> business continuity, it's more it's difficult. It's a hot topic so. now. Yeah, it's certainly a hot topic, but it's also, um, I see that it's becoming more regulated, especially with uh, regulations like DORA and, Mist. you know, Operation Resilience and uh, NIST and SOC, you know, it's, it's just yeah. becoming more regulated, but what I don't want it to become is another tick box exercise because attackers <laughs> exactly. are becoming smarter. You know, they're yeah. using, uh, you know, um, less of their time. They, they, they are looking for those easy targets. So the easier you, you are to hack, yes. you know, the easier that it, it, it is for them. But uh, yeah. it's all about being aware and prepared. Mm. Okay. Great, great points, Amelia. Another interesting observation that I had from your profile is that you transitioned from a background in public relations and marketing into a resilience and a business continuity career. What motivated your transition? I think I should have asked this question in the beginning, but nevertheless, I'm 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 asking it now. So, what specific skills or experience that um, you know you took from that public relation and marketing career into your resilience, and how difficult was the shift? And if there is any person who is looking forward to make a very similar kind of a shift into a resilient industry, what advice would you give to them, Elena? Oh, wow. Wonderful question. Um, I was really passionate about, um, you know, public relations, communications, marketing. Um, I really wanted to be a TV presenter and journalist, which I achieved, you know, when I was uh, doing my bachelor degree. And uh, I believe that public relations and communications and marketing are so helpful, regardless of the role you do today. Mm -hmm. Um, What what I found is that all the skills I've learned, you know, with what I studied has given me that leverage, you know, in promoting Mm -hmm. business continuity and resilience uh, in my programs, you know, in my organizations. Um, It has given me that creative spark to create, you know, a beautiful SharePoint site or a wonderful (laughs) newsletter or, you know, make my uh, communication and awareness Pro, um, you know, training materials Correct. better. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I, w- I would advise anyone that's interested in selling their, you know, program to their executives and to their peers, you know, in, in their yeah. organizations to perhaps um, use that creative side of marketing uh, and yeah. public relations. Honestly, it's very effective when you do, when you deal with a crisis, uh, when you try yeah. to uh, educate, you know, your um, crisis management teams uh, of what's the right thing, you know, how to to protect your reputation and brand. Um, And these are um, 
you know, very effective skills that you can learn. Um, and if you're very interested, you can certainly look that up. But uh, it mm. gives you that confidence. It gives you that, yeah. um, you know, um, integrity and that empathy that you can build on. Because th- mm. these are very effective skills that you need for what we do. Um, and, you know, journalism for me has always been a passion. Um, mm-hmm. And it has given me those attributes to be able to deal with um, an important crisis. You know, if luckily... Yeah. I've not been part of anything that has hit the news, but if it ever did, I knew exactly the right um, things to say and do. So I do advise that. I do advise that if people are really interested, they they should certainly uh, enhance their communication skills. I think that's a very crucial thing that we need for our profession and Mm -hmm. um, especially how to behave in front of, um, you know, an audience, how to behave in front of a camera, in front of the press. Mm -hmm. You, You certainly need to to know um, the right things to say. Um, and I've, I've seen many careers uh, tumble because of the wrong things they've said or they've just not taken uh, a crisis serious or they just weren't mm. aware of the issues. So it's very important to ensure um, you're mm. aware and you practice that. And if you have a spokesperson, you need to make sure that their training is relevant. So, um, yeah. So, Milena, we have come to the last section of our podcast, uh, which is a very interesting one called as the Resilience Quickfire. Okay, so in Resilience Quickfire, I'm going to ask you some questions, uh, which you have to give me an instantaneous answer for those. It can be a one-liner or it can be a one-word, up to you, but it has to be an instantaneous one. Uh, Are you ready for it, uh, Milena? I'm ready. Go for it. Okay, right. My first resilience quickfire to you. What is your favorite resilience book or a resource or a movie or a show, whatever it is? Oh, wow. At the moment, I'm really focusing on all the standards and all the regulation. Uh, so I'm reading more of the terminology that's released, you know, from some of the DORA and, uh, you know, some Come of on. So you, your favorite books are your ISO standards. <laughs> At the moment, that's that's what's happening. But uh, actually, I haven't. I, I don't have a favorite book on resilience. That's a really interesting okay. thing. Um, I read a lot, but I don't have a favorite uh, book. Um, this is perhaps because um, no one has actually created, you know, um, a mm-hmm. specific resilience book. I've seen a lot of things on crisis management, or perhaps mm-hmm. on business continuity, but I've not seen a specific book that has interested my, um, you know, has interested me okay okay fair enough okay my next question to you is one word to describe your leadership style my leadership style is very inclusive um i love to involve everyone and lead by example so um i'm very empathetic as well but um when i need to get something done um i always inspire my team okay okay nice very nice um the next one best piece of career advice you have received? Don't be afraid to voice your concerns um, and challenge others. Uh, You're given a voice, so use it with uh, a purpose. Um, And the other thing is um, don't hesitate to take opportunities. Um, You know, if if one door opens um, and the other one closes, uh, don't look back, keep going forward. Very nice. Wow. Great. 
आप क्विक टिप फॉर स्टेइंग काम अंडर प्रेशर focus on the end goal and what what you want to achieve uh don't focus on the issue or the challenge as such mm-hmm. um you know enjoy the journey you can learn so much when you're under pressure um mm-hmm. and you can learn to thrive and uh, portray that confidence because if you're not confident no one around you would be confident so try to exuberate that confidence and try to inspire Super. others to stay calm very nice very nice milena preferred way to recharge after a demanding day i want to say spa in a jacuzzi but uh, <laughs> you know sometimes sometimes that's not always possible um Correct. but uh, yeah if i ha- if i if i live next to water it will, my 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 way will be to go uh, underwater and just swim and dive yeah. and forget about the world but <laughs> uh, in reality you know it's it's yeah. just uh, you know lounging <laughs> right 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 i mean we all look forward to being you know doing nothing nowadays we are so much being bombarded with information we just want to sit and relax and do nothing that's the favorite way to you know recharge ourselves isn't it milena um, absolutely and and that's okay you know it's not just about yeah. doing nothing taking that breather uh, whether you like to meditate whether you just like to stay in silence or you would like to listen to music you know that's whatever your ways to recharge you, mm-hmm. you, you know take take your time um Correct. don't just think you're doing nothing because you are Correct. actually giving your uh, mind that space that it needs to process Correct. things okay What's your go-to productive productivity tool or an app at the moment? I love listening to podcasts. So <laughs> without promoting anyone, right. I love the podcasts of okay. uh, you know my fellow practitioners and especially uh, the Resilient Journey podcast that Mark Hoffman, one of our co-founders, is um, yes. you know producing. Um, I love listening to uh, Unexpected with. Uh, Alex Fulick and I'm really looking mm-hmm. forward to catching up on the 30 episodes you've released so far. <laughs> I hope you also take into consideration my podcast as well in the future. Yes, most certainly. <laughs> okay, my last question to you Milena is what's your favorite place to find inspiration? My favorite place is around nature. Um mm. you know whether it's parks, whether it's lakes, whether it's somewhere new to explore, you know within the forests, I believe nature gives you that strength to rejuvenate, to have yeah. a clear mind, to process your thoughts and it's really the best place for me. Right. Excellent thoughts, excellent informations from Milena here today. Milena we have come to the end of our podcast thank you so much for sharing all your informations that you wanted to share it's been a pleasure uh before we end our show if someone wants to get in touch with you and uh, take this conversations forward what is the best medium to do it and how can they do it Yeah, uh well people can connect with me on LinkedIn uh or they can visit the resilienceinktank.com and they can find my information there. I'm also on um X which is you know the previous name yeah. for, which is previous Twitter. Um so I'm really looking forward to connecting with 
with uh, people and sharing experience and just collaborating and uh, you know shaping that future resilience we, that, that's what we're all about at the resilience think tank and it was a real pleasure to speak to you today Ramki I, I hope my insights were helpful to your listeners sure. and um, I look forward to hearing um, their thoughts sure no problem I'm going to put your contact information in my show notes Milena so that people can go ahead and then contact you directly and have these wonderful conversations along the resilience and even maybe on scuba diving as well right so <laughs> uh, so with that uh, with that note uh, I want to end the show thank you so much until then next time bye bye see you bye thank you